Welcome to a special presentation of Sellout Crowd, Conversations with Coach. I'm Bob Stoops. I'm taking time to talk with my friends and colleagues in the sports world to get caught up and share stories. Today I'm joined by, by a former colleague, friend, and part of my team with Big Noon Kickoff, Brady Quinn, uh, former Notre Dame quarterback, um, Maxwell Award winner, 2006, Johnny Unitas Award winner at Golden Arm in 2006, Sammy Baugh Trophy in 2005. Quite the awards there, uh, Brady, and holds at the time, I don't know if they're still held up, 36 Notre Dame Irish uh, passing or, or records in, in your time. Uh, former, uh, uh, played seven years in the NFL. And uh, anyway, let's welcome uh, Brady Quinn. Appreciate you joining us, Brady. Yeah, Coach, thanks for having me on. Always good to talk with you. I miss you, man. I hope you've been well. Look- <laughs> you see, I got my colors big noon kickoff on. I'm getting ready to join you guys in Cincinnati this weekend for a segment. Um, yeah. And uh, looking forward to it. I love, love the team uh, with big noon kickoff there on Fox and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys. I've, I miss Reggie uh, Bush. Mark Ingram's been a really strong addition to you guys. He's been awesome and, he, and he's great to work with. He's an awesome team player. And, uh, he, you know, I, I had the chance to work with him. A few years back, he had, he had come in while I was still playing, do something. And I told him after he was done, I was like, you need to get a TV, man. I was like, when you're done, you've got yeah. the sort of personality and you've got that sort of uh, energy that I think it just people love watching on TV. So he's been awesome. Um, you know, he's going to continually get better and better and better and two at this, but he's already you know set the bar pretty high for himself. Uh, Brady, uh, you're an Ohio guy like myself. Uh, Urban Meyer on our team there at Big Noon Kickoff as well. But uh, tell me about your recruiting process and ending up at at Notre Dame. You know, it's funny. Um, I was actually not recruited heavily by Notre Dame, at least not by the coach that I ended up going to go play for in Ty Willingham. Uh, I was recruited by Bob Davey. But as a lot of Notre Dame fans remember, there was that kind of snafu after where Bob Davey had been fired, George O'Leary was hired. Oh yeah, there was a little issue. Resume. Yeah, and so in that period of time, like I didn't hear anything. And meanwhile, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and Tennessee and all these other places were pretty heavy on me. And uh, I, after a visit, ironically, to Colorado, which is now like the, the biggest story in college football this year, I, I started to realize that I probably. Um, wasn't, you know, strong enough to be able to be away from mama and dad and, and, and not be able to have them come watch me play. We were going to be able to afford flying out to, to Boulder, Colorado every week. So um, I, I ended up kind of saying to myself, like, hey, Michigan, Ohio State are kind of the main schools. Well, I had a wide receiver who was my my go-to wide receiver. We had played football, baseball, basketball together ever, ever since he moved to my hometown in seventh grade. And his older brother went to Notre Dame. He was he actually was in the Rossi program there. And so I'd been up there with his family before. But, you know, you're young kids. You're kind of taken in. You're not really looking at it as a potential place to go to school. So his dad came over one night, and he said he pleaded with us. He said, please, go up, take a visit. We'll go with you guys. He's like, it's just something about it this time is different. And so we did that, took an academic visit. And I was pretty late, like, heading to my senior year. And I wanted to make the decision before I played my senior year. So uh, I sat down, met with Coach Willingham. Um, something about the campus felt different that time. I, I really envisioned myself 
growing there as a young man. And uh, I think ultimately when I was kind of going through the checklist of things that mattered to me, you know, clearly academics, clearly playing football at the highest level, but there's also that element of, of like the path forward in the future. And I thought Michigan and Notre Dame at the time just had more quarterbacks who had gone to the next level and it kind of paved that path. Whereas Ohio state, it wasn't quite that, you know, I, I think back then when I was being recruited, like if you had asked me that question, who's the best quarterback to play in the NFL? I would have said Arch Leister. I mean, yeah, that was kind of the, the natural response. So uh, for me, Notre Dame kind of had the element of athletics, academics, and ultimately um, just the spiritual aspect of it, you know, being a kid from Dublin, Ohio, it kind of felt like it was meant to be. Well, and needless to say, the two of us are Catholic as well. Makes a difference. Right, right, big time. Yeah, let's 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 talk about uh, uh, Notre Dame here. Uh, you know, such a big game. I know you played Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl uh, back we in did. 2007, I think, uh, if I'm right. But uh, big game coming up, big game. I've, I've been a big fan of – I don't really know Marcus Friedman. I bumped into him before, but – really admire what he's done, uh, everything, the way he presents the program and everything that he's done there, really believe in what he's doing. And uh, But a big, big game everyone wants to talk about this weekend with Ohio State, maybe a little bit about Marcus Freeman and then their transfer quarterback, Sam Hartman. Yeah, no, look, uh, I think the crazy thing about Marcus after, you know, how he got the job, where really, if you recall, you know, Brian Kelly left and there was an outside chance – the, you know, the year he left that Notre Dame could sneak its way into the playoff and uh, everything was kind of happening so fast. And, and it became the scenario where, you know, Marcus Freeman was going to potentially, you know, go down and be the defensive coordinator with, with, you know, Brian Kelly, you know, you, you don't want to hang around to a place. You don't know if you're going to, you're going to be the guy or not. And so, you know, Marcus was quickly hired and, and his staff was, you know, compiled and you end up going on winning nine games when your bowl game, I said it's a pretty darn successful season. There was some early struggles in year one, but I think they really found their identity and they learned a lot and grew from that. And then headed into year two, you're thinking, okay, we've got some stability. We've got this, you know, transfer quarterback coming in, Sam Hartman, who's the most prolific quarterback the ACC's ever seen, uh, who's played five years of football, really experienced guy. And then you lose your offensive coordinator. Tommy Reese decides to go to Alabama. You lose your special teams coordinator. He uh, he goes up to the next level, uh, up to the NFL. Um, and, and so you're going, holy crap, you know, your offensive line coach retires, your strength coach retires. All these things happened during the course of the spring and summertime. And so it was, it was kind of a bit of a whirlwind a little bit, at least in regards of how you can kind of compile that group to keep it all together. And I just think he's done a, he's done a tremendous job. You know, Joe Rudolph, who's the hire for the, as the offensive line coach, uh, is, is the perfect guy at the perfect time, I think, for coaching this group, which is an extremely talented group. Uh, you know, Gerard Parker ends up taking over as the play call. He was elevated in-house. He was the tight ends coach. Uh, but him and, and really the hire of Gino Godelli, who was, you know, formerly the OC at Cincinnati, former, you know, quarterback as well. You know, all three of those guys really pitching on the offense and the way it's gone so far uh, have played a huge role in, in helping to see this sort of offensive success. So I think Marcus has, has done such a good job at being able to remain poised there's really a lot of chaos. And I think you could probably speak to that as a head coach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how, how off season go, man, I just got through my first year. Next thing you know, you got to hire all these coaches, right? <laughs> I agree. He's done an awesome job. He's hired great people. Um, you, listen, it's different at Notre Dame. The expectations, the national uh, audience uh, and fan base that they have 
around the country. It's just a little bit different, and it takes a lot to manage, and I, I think he's doing a wonderful job of it. And uh, wish him wish him the best. You know, he has, and, and really, like, the, the, the next breath, I'd say, so is Sam Hartman. Absolutely. You know, a guy who was – opportunity to go to a place where he can get national exposure. And it's no disrespect to Wake. Uh, you know, Coach Claus does a tremendous job there. Uh, I, I, you know, I think it's just it's viewed differently than Notre Dame is. And that's what Sam wanted. And, and Sam's gotten a lot of that. And, and I think he's handled it with class. He's he's obviously, you know, older. He's a six-year quarterback, right? right? Like, we don't see that. I was, they're always talking about the stats he's putting up. I'm like, well, yeah, he's 60 years in, you know, in college football. Like, I was playing two years in the NFL by now. So. He's, he's part it, of the staff is what he is. <laughs> exactly. You know, he's, he is part of the staff. He's an extension of, yep. you know, I think the coach staff on the field out there for them. And, and he's really opened up, to be honest with you, Coach, he's opened up the outside downfield passing game to the wide receivers. We haven't had that in quite some time. And, um, you know, we've had the talent. And now we can really utilize that. You see guys like Jaden Thomas and Deion Colsey and Rico Flores and Jaden Greathouse, two freshmen I just mentioned. Those guys have emerged. Chris Tyree, he's, trans he's transitioned from running back to wide receiver, has done a tremendous job. So there's just there, there's so many more things that have opened up the playbook. And even Holden stays the tight end has really emerged. So this is an offense that last year, if you watched them, you would have said they can run the football, you got a great O-line, play good defense. Now they're a team that can put up 40 points like they have every single game this season and really challenge Ohio State. And I think Ohio State's in, a, in an awkward spot because there's a lot of Buckeye fans who I think are blind, blindly faithful, thinking that, like, hey, it's Ohio State. We're talented. We've got the best wide receiver in the country, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, we've got some really talented guys on defense. You know, we're favored in this one. We should win. It's like, I don't know, man. You know, They've kind of lost their identity the past couple of years getting beat by a more physical Michigan team to win the Big Ten Championship. And just from seeing Notre Dame this season, they look a lot closer to me to what I see in Michigan right now. I a see. very yeah. team, big team. They've got length and speed at the skill positions. You know, Marvin Harrison's one of the best wide receivers, or I should say the best in the yeah. country. Well, Harrison's one of the best cornerbacks in the country. They're going to be matched up this week. Cam Hart's really experienced, tall, long, fast corner that can, can match up with Emeka Buka. So it's going to be an awesome game to watch. These teams match up extremely well. And as you know, like whoever wins the line of scrimmage is probably going to control this game. But the X factor to me is Sam Hartman, the wealth of experience, his playmaking ability. You know, Kyle McCord is not, he's kind of been shaky this year to the point where they had to announce that he's the guy. And so I think that's the biggest X factor in this one is the play of Hartman making some big plays enough for Notre Dame to win. I, I agree. When you can make some big plays in a game, uh, not have to have a 10-play drive, you, your quarterback could put it on the money for a 50-, 60-yard chunk. Uh, those, those plays make a difference. And I think in all of college football right now, the quarterback is always the difference. When you get those guys that are experienced and they can make those big plays and be consistent with them, you know, those are the guys that win and take care of the ball. And, and I'm with you. I think uh, Hartman has that kind of uh, that kind of ability. And I go with, again, your, the physicality of Notre Dame. I'll never forget we had a two-year series with them in my stretch at, at OU. Uh, they yep. beat us uh, at, at Oklahoma when they end up playing for the national championship that year. And we were fortunate to beat them the next year at Notre Dame. But when they took the field, I looked at a few of my coaches. I said, are you kidding me? These guys are yeah. gigantic. And, and I was amazed at the, at the size overall, the height, the, 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 
you know, the whiff. The, these guys were big. I'm like, this is different than what we see every week. Uh, you know, it's funny. When I was down there for the Week Zero game in Dublin, Ireland this year when they were taking on Navy. And, and really, you know, that, that wasn't so much about the matchup. It was more about just seeing the team. And, uh, I, you know, I got a guy sitting next to me who I played with that was a 12-year NFL vet. And he looks at me. He's like, I don't know, guy. I don't know if I can play for this team. He's like, <laughs> And you're <laughs> – yeah, and you're not a small guy. <laughs> no, and, and and like I looked at him, I said, I've never seen this roster as athletic, as skillful, as with as much speed. Like, you know, we go all around the country. You know, you you've done this job with me, and we get the chance to see some of the best teams in college football, and and you kind of like Oklahoma. You always a team that passed the eye test, right? And you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn, all these teams you see, and. You know, it was the first time I looked and I go, oh, God, oh, wow. Like this team looks like a national championship contender and they've got a quarterback now who if he just continually, you know, gives them a chance, you know, makes some big plays down the field, but just takes care of the football between their running a game and their defense, they're going to have a shot. So, uh, look, I'm biased. I'm, I'm high on Notre Dame, but I also have seen enough football to know when it's like legit and when it's not. And this is really legit. Like, I, I think this environment's going to be awesome. It's going to be one of the best games of the, of, of the year. And uh, I think a lot of Ohio State fans uh, might be a little surprised by what ends up happening in the outcome. And anyone winning a national championship, conference championship, quarterback play matters. And you, you those guys are always have special years. And Hartman's off to that. Last question. I know you got to go, Brady. You got all kind of TV uh, gigs going. Uh, Colorado, been the story of college football. I've been so impressed with Coach Prime, not just him, but his staff, what they've done. They've obviously reached their players the way they play, uh, the technique, the discipline, no pe not few penalties, um, you know, on and on. So uh, your take on it. You guys have been there covering them. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen them every week. And uh, it's – you know, I think to start the season, the, the thing that I knew coming into it was I knew about, a, excuse me, a lot of the history of the transfers. Yeah, I knew I knew about Shador. I'd watched this tape at Jackson State. I'd seen Travis Hunter. When the number one overall recruit decides to go to Jackson State, you know, you're going to watch those games. You know, at least I am. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm saying like, okay, let's, let's see this young man. And, and so you knew immediately they were going to be better than they were a year ago because they had a quarterback who could distribute the football. They had an, a, a game breaker in Travis Hunter. And then you start looking at, you know, Weaver and Horn Jr. and uh, Harrison at tight end and, and Dylan Edwards, who was a really talented um, you know, recruit coming as a freshman at running back. They, they had all these pieces and you just didn't know how things were going to play out, you know, with with the battle in the trenches. And to your point about the coaching staff, I think they've done a phenomenal job of playing to their strengths, forcing teams uh, really to be behind the eight ball. I mean, up, up until the uh, Colorado State game was the most recently, you know, they've kind of won the turnover battle. They've been great in situational football. You don't see a, a bunch of blown, pay, you know, coverages or, uh, you know, right. plays where it looks like a like they are prepared. They're well coached. Um, they're constantly put in positions to succeed. And they've done that thus far. This is the first week, though, where you say, all right, they're taking on a team that's got comparable skill position players. And they're way better on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And so can Sean Lewis, you know, can Coach Prime, can this staff, uh, Charles Kelly, can these guys find a way of, of schematically continually forcing teams to play the game that they want to play right. and be able to in close? Because Shador will give them a chance. Like he, the way he spits the football around, how poised he is and athletic he is, 
he'll give him a shot. It just comes down to, you know, really how much pressure he's under, if they can continue to keep taking care of the football and then make enough plays, enough big plays in the passing game. I've always, I'm going to be greedy real fast. I've always appreciated your perspective on college football. The athletes are always paying attention. What are, is there any way to get some guardrails, some, some guidance in what we're doing with transfer portals, NIL? What are your, your quick thoughts? My quick thoughts are, I think we need to have um, someone step up and, and someone take the initiative and I don't know if that's the federal government, which it's always scary anytime you hear someone say like, yeah, let's let the federal government come rescue us. But I do think there needs to be national guardrails put on this because what you're seeing right now is at a state level, there's such varying degrees of NIL laws. You know, so in some states you can pay kids in high school. In other states, you can't. Some states don't even have NIL laws. So they're subject to abide by whatever the NCAA states. There's some states who put in their state laws that whatever they put in there trumps whatever the NCAA says. <laughs> so until we get some sort of federal legislation, you're not going to have a level playing field. And I think that's what's kind of hurting at least the landscape in regards to recruiting, where the people who have leaned hard into NIL and the people who have lobbied their state representatives to create state laws that play an advantage for them are going to have a big time advantage. And, and, and it's, it's going to be an unlevel playing field. As far as the transfer portal goes, you know, look, I, I think what we need to do is just say you can only have one window. There can't be one in December, January. There can't be one, and, and then and then one in May. Right. Make these commit. Make their parents commit, and then you 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 say, look, you have a waiver system in place. If you have a coach that gets fired, for example, in the spring or summer, outside of that window of time, you allow the kids to go ahead and transfer if they want. I mean, that might hurt that football team that season, but. That's the reality of how it works. Like you, when you sign up for to go play for someone, you're not just playing for the coach, you're playing for the university. And I think we can at least ask these young men to make a year commitment. So I think you clean up the transfer portal that way. That probably stop, stops some of the tampering that we're seeing right now, right. where coaches are reaching out or high school coaches are being used to talk to players on current rosters. And then the federal legislation, the guardrails, takes care of a lot of the inequities that we see, I think, in the state uh, legislations as far as how we see the different NIL laws, how they vary state by state. So that would be my, you know, 30-foot thousand view of this. Uh, obviously, I'm not smart enough to have an exact solution for you, Coach, but I think that's a start. I, I'm with you, and I, I know as a coach, I'd like to know who my roster is for a year at least, yeah. not not yeah. having it change every however many months. And, and these are the guys I'm going to work with this year. And, and uh, I'm with you uh, with all of that. Brady, I, I appreciate the time. I know, again, you're busy. I look forward to seeing you here this weekend at Cincinnati on Big Noon Kickoff, Fox Sports. Yes, sir. I can't wait to see you, Coach. It's going to be great to see you. It's going to be great to see Drake balling out. He's having a great year, man. you got to be proud of him. Yeah, thank you, uh, Brady. He had, he had a big day last weekend. Hopefully he'll keep it up. So thank you. Appreciate you, buddy. Yep. That wraps up this installment of Conversations with Coach. Follow and subscribe to this channel and visit selloutcrowd.com to find out about upcoming programs.